all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Is it together? I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, you've spoken. Upgrade. We declare the last six months of 2021 will be better than the first six months. We speak to July and we command you, upgrade. We speak to August and we command you, upgrade. We speak to September and we command you upgrade. We speak to October and we command you upgrade. We speak to November, we command you upgrade. We speak to December, we command you upgrade. And not just for us, but everything attached to us. What if I told you your next praise wasn't for you, but for somebody in your section? Can I get you to just release a praise for somebody around you? Please don't be selfish. Shout upgrade. Let's go to work. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go. So this series we've been in, that's good to me. You know, to be honest, I'm kind of good. If somebody say, how are you feeling about the rest of the year? One response. Up. How are you feeling about the economy? One response. How are you feeling about your housing situation? One response. How you feeling about your job situation? One response. One response. One response. You about to see it. 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 I hasn't seen yet, but you're about to. You hasn't heard yet, but you're about to. Neither has it entered into the heart of man, but you're about to. Yeah, I'm with y'all. That's a good place to sow. Let me get my seed in the ground. That's a good place to sow. That's a good place to sow. Yes, Lord. Good place to sow. How are you feeling about your investments? One word. How you feeling about your house? One word. How you feeling about your car? One word. How you feeling about your body? One word. How you feeling about your children? One word. God, we speak it. In the second six months of this year, somebody say upgrade. Say that's my response. Say, that's my response. Say, that's my response. 
All right, all right, all right, wait a minute. So look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. Say, I know where I'm headed. Say, I'm headed to upgrade. Watch me. What's going to be your response to frustration? One word. What's going to be your response to a storm? One word. What's going to be your response to somebody walking out of your life? One word. What's going to be your response to a door shutting in your face? One word. This, that, just my response to something good. It's my response to something negative. Come on, 915. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. One word. All right, have a seat. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Bishop, what's that that I feel? You feel your spirit pushing you out of your comfort zone. I wish I would be on a road where ain't nobody praising. I wish I would be on a road where ain't nobody standing. I wish I would be on a road where ain't nobody giving God glory. I'm going to give y'all 30 seconds. Are you ready? Go. One, two, three. Praise him. Come on. Get up off your couch. Get up off your kitchen table. Give God the glory. All right, all right, all right. All right. Grab a seat. 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 One more thing. While I'm excited about my next six, if I'm honest, when I think of the goodness of Jesus in my first six, Hallelujah. All right, let's go. Grab a seat. So our series, our series. <laughs> we'll get as far as we can. But you sit next to somebody that's about to upgrade. You sit next to somebody that when people see them, they're going to favor them. They're about to receive what they didn't pray for, what they didn't ask for. What they weren't seeking is about to seek them out. I need you to open your mouth and speak this. Say, I'm in upgrade season. Say it again. Say, I'm in upgrade season. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. For some of you, like, Bishop, why do you say, have us say so much? Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of your tongue. We are created in the image and the likeness of God. What does that mean? That means that whatever God does, that's a mirror of how I do. In Genesis, God didn't take his hands and form anything. He spoke. And when he spoke it, he saw it. When he saw it, it was good. When it was good, he moved on. He spoke, then he saw it. Then he saw it, and it was good. When it was good, then he moved on. You're going to speak, and you're going to see it. When you see it, it's going to be good. They're going to... When you speak, you're going to see it. When you see it, it's going to be good. Then you're going to move on. You speak, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. It's going to be good. All right, let's go. 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 Check your section. Make sure they're smiling. Check your section. Make sure they're smiling. Check your section. Make sure they're fired up. You don't need dead people around you. Let the dead bury their own dead. Even if they ain't as radical as you, they better be doing something. You better be patting your toe. You better be rocking your hips. Wave and sip. Listen, let's go. Our series is the kingdom in you. Say there's a kingdom in me. To learn what King Jesus gives us when we become Christians. It's 915. Y'all on fire today, huh? And John 3, 5 says this. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So check this out. I've been teaching you what the kingdom is. We're going to hit it again in a moment. Um, there's this thing that's in you. When you come to Jesus, there is something that he gives you, and what he gives you is the kingdom. Hear me. Every king has a domain, which is their kingdom. Watch me. God is so amazing. His kingdom is not landlocked. 
His kingdom is not a geographical territory. Listen, his kingdom is not just in Israel. Let's talk. His kingdom is not just in Jerusalem. Let's talk. His kingdom is in his people, which means wherever we are, his kingdom is. For some of you, you were sent on a mission into a dark place because that dark place needed to see his light. I need you not to be mad that your job is dark. Maybe you're there to bring the kingdom. I need you not to be mad that your family is dark. Maybe you needed to be there to bring the kingdom. I need you not to be mad that your community or your neighborhood is dark. You are the one that was sent there to bring the kingdom. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I was sent to bring the kingdom. I which means wherever I go, I'm going on assignment. This is why some of you have got to get out of your feelings about your life because your feelings makes you lose your focus. And when you lose your focus, you lose your assignment. When you lose your assignment, you're going to be out there on the first part of assignment. Count the letters. You'll get it. Watch me. I need you to hear me. God literally puts his kingdom in us, and then we are sent to manifest that kingdom in different places. But watch what Jesus says. He says, you cannot even enter the kingdom. In other words, you'll never get inside of you. You'll never, because where's the kingdom? Luke 17, 21 says it's not here or there. Where is it at? In you. Say it's in me. Amen. Say it again. It's in me. You'll never get that unless, Jesus says, unless you're born of the water and the spirit. What does that mean? Salvation and water baptism. So today it's so fitting that at the 1115, we're going to baptize. And for some of you, you've been baptized, but you've been through hell. So for some of you, you need a fresh dip. I wish, I used to love going to Dairy Queen and getting the dip comb. And here was my issue is that sometimes the chocolate would break. And so listen, I had the audacity. I'd be like, look, I'm going to need another dip, baby dip. Why? Because don't nobody just want no regular soft serve. I'm going to need some dip on it. And for some of you, for the second half of this year, you need to recommit yourself to the Lord today. And at this 1115, I'm going to need you to dip, baby, dip. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, my next six are going to be better than the previous six. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I need you to say that with some authority. I need you to say that with some authority. I need you to say that with some authority. Say the second half will be better than the first half. So for some of you, you literally, you, you can't even get to the kingdom. Like this isn't something you're going to access before you're saved. And watch the prerequisite, and water baptized. Jesus said, unless you're born of the spirit and water, you can't even enter the kingdom. He says, this is reserved for my people. Listen, everybody is God's creation. Not everybody is his child. The scripture says, watch me, that they, watch me, the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. As many are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Which means God says, to be my child, watch me, you have to make a conscious decision to lay down your way and pick up my way, even if my way seems rougher than your way. I need for some of you to hear me. You were not training for what you're currently facing. You were training for something much bigger. David, when you were facing a lion and a bear, you were not training for a lion and a bear. You were training for Goliath. In other words, can I help some of y'all? Your battles have never matched your present. Your battles have always been bigger than you. They've always been scarier than you. They've always been too difficult to you because God was always training you for what your next is. And for some of you, you better hear me, your next is looking real good. I I need you to stir your own faith about what your future looks like. I need you to stir your own faith about what's coming next for you. So the kingdom, I've been teaching you what this is. You'll notice I'm driving this home every single message that I'm giving you different scriptures to help illuminate it for you. Why? Because if you do not get a grasp of this, you will talk church talk but never live kingdom life. And I don't just need you walking out of here talking church talk, but you don't have kingdom life. I need you to have some fruit that when people see your fruit, they say, I want your God. I don't, watch me, I need your life to be a testimony. When people see you walk in the room, they're going to say, what's on you? Because whatever's on you, I want that on me. Tell me where you go to church, because whatever word you're getting, I want that same word. Tell me about this Jesus you serve, because I want that same God. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm a walking testimony. Watch me, and let's upgrade it. And you are walking rebuke, which means I don't need to know the name of a demon. When a demon sees me, they know my name. 
which means when I step in the room, I'm going to offend some devils. I'm going to offend some demons. I'm going to offend some haters. And guess what? That's what I'm supposed to do. I wish you would apologize for offending a Watch me. <laughs> Say, I'm manifesting the kingdom. So what does that mean? First of all, let's recap. Where is it at? In you. All right? Every message this series has been building one upon the other. So if you've missed the first of them, I need you to go back and catch up to where we're at. All right? The kingdom is in you, but we learned that you have to be unlocked. You become unlocked because the scripture says that there are keys to the kingdom. He gives those keys to the kingdom to a man of God whose assignment is to unlock you. So when you come to church, every time you come to church, what we're doing is turning the lock a little more. Right? And what happens is as the lock is turning, what's in you comes out of you. Watch me. And what needs to stay in your past, it stays in your past. Because here's the thing a key does. A key doesn't only open, but a key shuts away. There's some parts of you that don't need to come into your future. There's some parts of you you need to stop saying, watch me, that's how I am. No, baby, that's how I was. But since I've been getting this word, this thing is opening what needs to be opening and it's shutting down what needs to be shut down. I used to be worried about that, but worry got shut down. I used to be concerned about that, but concern got shut down. I used to wonder about my future, but that got shut down. So there's three basic principles to what the kingdom is. Number one, it is when heaven's attributes invade the earth. It's on the screen. You can screenshot it. You can write it down if you're taking notes, or you can just shake your head if you're looking on the screen. Romans 14, 17. These are heaven's attributes. When we say this, I need you not to get like otherworldly. Like this is not a movie. This is not the Avengers movie. Like you're not going to see a ship come down. There's not going to be laser beams. There's not going to be, like, Jesus isn't going to show up in a Superman outfit talk about you shouldn't have messed with my son. Now, I need you to understand that because many times Christians are waiting on something that God never promised. So, consequently, you'll accuse him of letting you down when he never promised what you were expecting. So, look, these are the attributes of heaven in the earth. Here they are. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness means right with God and right to God, which means there are certain things that feel wrong to you, but they're right to God. It felt wrong to you that that person betrayed you, but it was right to God. Because without a Judas, there is no cross. With no cross, there is nothing to conquer. If there's nothing to conquer, nobody gets saved. It seems wrong to you, Joseph, that your own brothers would betray you. That seems wrong to you, but it seems right to God because God needed you to not put your faith and confidence in people, but to put your faith and confidence in God. For some of you, you'd still be trusting in people had a person that let you down. And for some of you, you need to stop being bitter with people because they let you down. Could it be that God says it was wrong to you, but it was right to me because I needed to teach you not to put your faith. You can trust people, but you don't put your faith in nobody. Faith is reserved for God. Right? What's me? Peace. Peace is shalom. What does that mean? It's a Hebrew word. Uh, that's the language of our Old Testament. It's the language of God. It means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Everybody check this out. In your life and heaven's attributes, the kingdom is manifesting in your life. You are shalom, which means nothing is missing. Now, stop. I hear somebody saying, well, Bishop, no, but something is missing. No, it's not that something is missing. You need to count again. You need to count again. You need to go back and look at what you have because what you have is more than enough. You only think it's less than enough, less than enough, because you are comparing your hand to somebody else's hand. And whenever you live in a state of comparison, you will always feel defeated from an enemy you didn't even know you were in competition with. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? He, uh, he says, feed the multitudes. Well, we only have two fish and five loaves of bread. This isn't enough. Stop manifest the kingdom two is the biblical number of witness five is the biblical number of grace favor and supernatural and the miraculous you're about to witness a miracle you need to what count again i need you to elbow somebody say count again well i don't have the support that i need from my family well guess what sometimes you need to be like david and encourage yourself in the lord what does that mean i don't need you clapping for me i learned how to turn around and Somebody on your roll has had a heck of a first six months. I need you to encourage them. Would you clap and celebrate for them? Clap YouTube. Clap Facebook. 
I'm encouraging somebody around me because I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through. But what I do know is that you are shalom. Nothing is broken. He said, well, no, but Bishop, this, this is broken. No, it was never working. How you thought it was working. Listen, oftentimes... Uh, when we're navigating through life, we will say something is broken, and that's because we weren't actually using it for the proper use in the first place. Right? You ever looked at something, and you're like, this thing isn't working. This thing isn't working. I remember one time I thought someone working in my car, and, uh, and I went, and I took it, and I said, this isn't working. They said, well, sir, that's because that's not how it works. Well, it seemed to me like that's how it works. But watch me. But when I took it to who produced it, they were able to show me that the reason it seemed like it wasn't working is because I wasn't working it the right way. Could it be for some of you that it's not that anything is not working in your life. It's just you've not been working it the right way. Open your mouth. Say, I am shalom. Say, nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. Then the last attribute of heaven on earth is to be joy. So righteousness, peace, joy. Joy means to be glad and great. And I've been teaching you that with glad, that means it's a choice of emotion. You choose how you feel. I can't choose what happened, but I can choose how I feel about it. I can't choose what was said, but I can choose how I feel about it. I cannot choose who got an attitude with me and who doesn't. But guess what? That's their attitude, not my attitude. Y'all ain't gonna talk. I need you to stop letting your emotions dictate to you and let you dictate your emotions. Bishop, but how can I pick my own emotions? The apostle Paul taught us how to do it. Paul has been beaten. He's been lied on. They murdered him. He got, came back from, to, to life. Paul has been through pure D hell. And in Acts, Paul says this, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. In other words, nothing that's happening should make me happy, but I choose to think myself into a place and some of you all, you keep waiting on the circumstance to change before you choose and I need you to choose and it'll change. Oh my God. Say, if I choose, it'll change. Come on, 915 in the building online. Say, if I choose, it'll change. Which means I'm not waiting on it to change. I just choose my emotion. I'm happy. I'm happy. I remember one time, I remember one time on a Friday, my car, I got it, this is uh, when I was coming up, and uh, my car, I got in a wreck. I've told you this show before. Car got in a wreck. It was a flash blizzard in Denver. Car got in a wreck. Whole front end of my car was towed up, but it was still drivable. So it was stormy. So everybody's car was kind of towed up because everybody got caught in the middle of this mess. At 3, it was sunny. At 3.15, it was a blizzard. Y'all already know how it goes around here. All right, all right, all right. At 3.05, weather can be good, and at 3.07, it can be storming. All right? So, so car's wrecked. I drive it home, I drive it home, and then Saturday morning, I was, to be honest, pay attention, I was hoping that it was still going to be stormy because then I wouldn't see the reality of what happened to my car. For some of you, you pick appointments with depression. You pick appointments with sad. You pick up, you know exactly what your emotions are trying to do to you. And rather than choose and fight back, you give in. But elbow somebody next to you say, but not in the second half, not in the second half of this year, I will dictate to my emotions. My emotions will not dictate to me, which means if I need joy, that's what I am. If I need to be happy, that's what I am. If I need some fight in me, that's what I have. If, so I was actually hoping that it was going to still kind of be stormy because then I wouldn't have to deal with the reality of what I was going to see in my car. But it wasn't. It's like 80 degrees the next day. S storm is gone. Snow is melted. And I look at the front of my car. And the front of my car was tore up. And it's a Saturday, which means there's no place to take it. There's no rental to get. So I got a choice. Some of you are going to catch it in just a second. Because you keep telling God what's wrong. And he says, when are you going to learn to focus on what's I know all of this ain't, ain't right, but when are you going to learn how to shift your focus and focus on what's right? That's why the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me, which means whatever I magnify, that's what gets bigger. Whatever I magnify, that's what reproduces. And some of you, you need to magnify the Lord instead of your loss. 
You need to magnify your future instead of your past. Watch me. You need to magnify the fact that he's about to blow your mind instead of what got blown up. So that day, so, you know, I was like, well, look, I can stay in the house all day. And anybody knows anything about me, I hate staying in the house all day. Let me tell you something. During quarantine, listen, I was like, I'm not about this life. So I'm getting out and doing something. I'm going to walk to the store. I may not be, may not be able to go in there because it's a lot, but I'm going to show be out there talking about I remember when I used to have bread. Listen. My favorite restaurant shut down. They weren't doing delivery or anything, so I would just drive by. You think I'm lying. I would drive by and say, I remember when the butter was melted just right. And I would drive past and say, now somebody got to be in there. Somebody can make me some fondue. Come on. Somebody can make me the fried platter. The ones in Dallas were open. So I would go on the website and just be like, so how is Dallas open? But the ones in Denver are not. So listen, so, so I was like, I'm not staying at home all day. Like, I'm not going to do that. Pay attention. We're going to the point. I'm not going to do that. So I said, but my car looks horrible, but it's drivable. It doesn't look good, but it's good enough to get me to where I'm going. And some of you all, because you want it to be perfect, you refuse to make progress. And sometimes you're going to have to make progress with something that's not perfect. I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that knows how to take broken pieces and still make it to where they're going. So, so, so I got in the car. The front end is tore up. You can see where you put the, uh, the washer fluid, the radio, whatever, all the liquids. You can see all the liquids. You can see all the liquids. And there's nothing I can do because it's Saturday. Back then I had hair. I needed to get a haircut. I wasn't going to the Lord's house without being groomed. No, give him excellence. I wasn't just going to show up. I needed a haircut. I wasn't bald at the time. So I walked down to the car. It was all black, too. <laughs> and I'm looking at this all black car. It's toe up in the front. I can see all the liquids. And I'm thinking, well, you know, and I'm like, well, I ain't going to bar nobody's car. You know, I just like my own stuff. Somebody asked me, elbow somebody to say, use what you have. When the widow woman said, we need some money, man of God, he said, well, what's in your house? Anyway, he, said, he said, why are you waiting on other people to be the source of your breakthrough when you already got what you need to break through? I need you to open your mouth and say, I will not wait on the cosigner. I I'm not waiting on you to get it together before I decide to keep moving. I'm not waiting on somebody else. What I have is all that I need. So I got in the car. I let my sunroof back. I turn up my music. Got it? And I pull out the driveway. I get on the street. When I get on the street, I'm like, whoa. I can hear stuff in the front moving, but it's still driving. <laughs> Some of y'all, God says, you better focus on the fact that it's still working. You still have breath in your body. You still have the activity of your limbs. So I'm driving, and as I'm driving, I'm going down the street. And then I was on, for those of you who live in Denver, I was on Quincy. I was on Quincy, you know, that long and a dip, baby, dip. And I was on Quincy, and I was driving east, west, whatever, over there. And, uh, and as I was driving, people turned and looked. Let me teach you a principle. Some of you, you refuse to be glad because of the gawkers. What is that? Somebody that's looking at you. So because they know your story, you feel like, oh, I got to just be sad. Oh, no, baby, I have nothing to be sad about because all things are working together for my good. Somebody said, I choose my emotion. So in that moment, so in that moment, people were looking at me like, and you know what I would do? I would look back at them. 
Be like, how you doing? God bless you. Be encouraged. And then me, because you know, me, I turned the music up louder. I said, what you thought? I'm going to let what looks bad make me feel bad? I need somebody in this building and somebody online to just let the enemy know I'm not going to let what looks bad make me feel bad. I choose to be glad. I choose my emotions and my choice is to be glad. Somebody say, I'm glad. Look at somebody next to you and say, and you're glad. Say, and we're glad. Say, and that's the way it is. So look, glad and great. Which means whatever we do, we're to do it great. These are the attributes of the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Second attribute of the kingdom is God's MO. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. Look at this. For my thoughts, what does MO mean? How God does things. His modus operandi. He says, for my thoughts are not, watch me, they are not yours. Neither are my ways yours, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. In other words, God is like, I'm thinking on a whole nother level. So while you're thinking on how to make it through the end of the week, God is thinking about your end. And there are choices you're making in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, that you're not even going to realize the benefit of them until you get to the end of your life. And you're going to say, I'm so glad I did that at 35. I'm so glad I did that at 42. I'm so glad I did that at 21. Why? Because his thoughts are higher. That means he's thinking at a whole nother level. So when we talk about God's M.O., it means it doesn't necessarily make sense to me, and it wouldn't because it's above my pay grade. When you begin to ask God, God, well, why did this happen? Sometimes there are thoughts that are higher than yours. God, I prayed for this, but I got this. How did this happen? His thoughts are higher, and his ways are better, even if you don't understand them. So this is where real faith comes in because real faith says, I don't understand that, but I love him. And I know that he loves me. And so since his love is not in question, whatever's going on must be for my good. All right, look at this. Verse or, uh, number three, the third attribute of the kingdom is becoming who God says we are and possessing what God said we can. First Peter 2, 9, DRB. That's the Dewey Reigns Bible. You'll notice I'm using several different translations now. That's to push some of you that are studiers to go back and look at the message and go look up the different versions. I'm pushing you. I'm stretching you. We're, we're cross-training. It's, it's hit. High-intensity interval training. Somebody say, this word is hidden. That's what it means. Here we go. First Peter 2, 9. But you are a, uh-oh, here it is. I mean, I get to the rest of the message. Chosen generation. Which means God says, I've been looking for somebody in your bloodline. And I couldn't find anybody until I got to. And then when I got to you, since you responded to my call, I chose you don't worry about what happened in your previous bloodline somebody say i'm the chosen one that's why your warfare is different that's why your battle's different that's why your life is different because you are the one that god has chosen i need you to worship god for five seconds that he chose you go five go four chosen one chosen one youtube chosen one facebook chosen one instagram chosen one harvest channel chosen one in the building chosen one Atlanta somebody say he chose me so look at this you are a chosen generation I tried your mama now your daddy now your grandma now I tried them but they resisted but you you answered the call so I chose you. Many are called, few are you one of the chosen ones. I need you to act like you sitting next to some chosen people. I need you to act like you're streaming next to some chosen people. And when chosen people get around one another, we have a chosen celebration. Because we all know what it is to be us. 
We all know what it is to be the one treated differently. Open your mouth and say, I'm chosen. When you're chosen, you get treated different. Your life is different. The weight that's put on you is different. The scrutiny you're under is different. They didn't say nothing to so-and-so that did it, but they always on you about it. Why? Because you're the chosen one. And I need you to stop comparing your life to the life of somebody that's not chosen. Look at this. You are a chosen generation, a kingly priesthood, kings and priests, which means we're spiritual and successful. A holy nation. That means we're distinct. Can I be honest with you? Your whole life you've been distinct. Even when you tried to fit in with a crowd, who can be honest, you still stuck out from the crowd. Stuck out from the crowd. Is, is there anybody that can testify to that? Which is why for many of your years, let me see if I can get in your business. For many of your years, you said, well, I guess I'm just a loner. Well, I guess I'm just me. I guess it's just going to be me. I guess I'm just different. I'm just different. Watch me, because you move different. And because you move different, you can't move with everybody. I, I need you to celebrate the fact that there's something about you that's holy. There's something about you that's distinct. You don't talk like everybody else. You don't act like everybody else. You don't walk like everybody else. And that's why when you find people you can connect with, you're like, oh my God, finally somebody that gets me. That's why God sent you to Horvath. He needed to send you to another chosen one. He needed to send you to another chosen one so that you would know you're not crazy, so that you would know you haven't lost your mind, so that you would know your future is going to be better than your past. That you may declare his virtues who have called you out. Shut up. I don't mean literally shut up. I'm just saying it's good. He calls you out of darkness. Where? Into the marvelous light. Now, check this out. Here's, here's the trip. Becoming who God says we are. That means any area of your life that's darkness. What does darkness represent? The absence of the knowledge of God. Any area of your life that God says, mm -mm, I ain't in that. He snatches it out. Uh-oh. He snatches it out. Come here. He, he snatches it out. So there's areas of your life go all the way in the corner. It's dark over here. There's no lights. The lights are way over there. They can still see us. So... Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Your erratic emotions are in the darkness. So some of you, you'll spend half your Saturday being sad. So what does he do? He calls you out. Now watch me. First, first, he's going to call you. Come out of there. Come out of there. Come out of there. And you'll take a step. Come out of there. 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 You'll take another step. Come out of there, and then something will happen to try to hurt you, so you'll go back. Who am I talking to? Then all of a sudden, you hear an amazing, you hear a hidden word on Sunday, and so you take five steps. You take five. One, two, three, four, five. Stop. You take five steps out. And so now it looks like you're out, but if you pay attention, he's still in the darkness. He's still in the shadows. He's still in the shadows. So then the enemy will allow something to happen or do something that tries to push you all the way back to where you came from. So eventually when God calls you out, he's not just going to use his voice. He's going to come snatch you out. For some of you, some of the storm you've been in, well, he snatched you out. Some of the hell you've gone through, well, he snatched you out. Some of the betrayal you've endured is he snatched you out. Open your mouth and say, he's snatching me out of darkness. Look at this. I drill every week what the kingdom is. I got to move because of this. Mark chapter 10 and verse number 15. I promise you, you cannot get into God's kingdom. Where is that at? In you. You can't get in there. Unless you accept it the way a child does. Pay attention. Jesus said, pay attention. Be like a child. But that doesn't mean be childish. And we have a lot of childish Christians. That when they don't get what they want, they take their marbles and they go home. When it doesn't happen the way they want it to, all of a sudden, I don't know if I believe anymore. I saw a TikTok yesterday. See, TikTok is a whole trip. That's why I post and leave. Listen. Post and leave. TikTok. So I saw a TikTok and it was a guy. He said, well, I, I used to believe in the Bible and I used to believe in God and I tried this and I tried this and I tried that and it didn't work and it didn't work and so for this reason, I no longer believe in God. And I said, wow, that's amazing that because something didn't happen the way you wanted to two times, all of a sudden he ain't real. 
But how did he get you through what you got through? How did you make it to where you met? How are you going to doubt the God that you were once celebrating? How are you going to doubt the God? You think your education got you here? You don't even have the right degree. You... It certainly wasn't your looks that got you there. I was looking at the TikTok. I was like, that didn't get you to where you were going. Praise him. It certainly wasn't your intellect that got you there. It, it, it certainly wasn't your, uh, your pervasive ability to use deductive logic to come up with various theses that explain the vicissitudes of life. Google everything I just said. Because somebody like, hey, some of y'all going to speak back to me in tongues. Like, I don't know what he said, but right? And here's the trip, y'all. Here's the trip. Here's the trip. When somebody comes to you with, I'm grown. What they're really saying is, I've lost my ability to respect so I can no longer receive. So as I was looking at the TikTok, watch me. I began to pray for the individual because I said, oh my God, you're hurt. And you have intellectualized your hurt to make it seem like you're, you're, you're above Christians because you think that you're above the God of your salvation. And I said, I can't help you with that. But the Bible is very clear. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. And I pray that you do it before you run out of time. Oh, my God. God, we pray for every person we know that does not know you. We pray that they will bow the knee and confess with their tongue before they run out of time. In Jesus' name, give God praise that he's about to save some people in your family, in your friendships, on your job. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. So look, I'm almost done. I got to move real fast. <laughs> All right, look, 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 a child, how is a child? Is naturally inquisitive, without fear, nor miseducation. Uh-oh. A child, a child will ask you four million questions about things that you're like. All right, everybody, everybody lean in. You ever had a child ask you a question, and you would you were perplexed because you were like, well, why would you even be thinking about? You ever had a child ask you a question, you had to Google the answer and say, wait a minute, baby, hold up. Ah, that's right, that's right. Watch me. For many of you, because life, when you were inquisitive, your questions were shut down, you stopped asking. And the Bible says, asking you shall receive. Wait a minute. Could it be that the enemy knew he could get you if he could stop you from being inquisitive? He knew he could get you if he could silence you so that you'd sit there and try to figure it out rather than asking the question because you didn't want to be told that's dumb. Because you didn't want to be told you're stupid. Come on, let's talk. Because you didn't want to be told you're not good enough. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, restore my inquisitiveness. He says, you have not because you ask not. You don't see it because you don't say it. You don't ask so you don't apprehend. He says, if you're not naturally inquisitive, and a child will ask you about everything, even stuff that you think is inappropriate. You ever had a, never mind. Oh, I'm out of time. I'm already out of time. I got to go. Without fear. A child is fearless. A child will walk up on anybody. And just go. Child has no fear. The only reason a child has fear, see, fear is a spirit, which means it can be transferred. Is that you, you got fear transferred on you. So because your father was fearful, your mother was fearful, your grandmama was fearful, your cousin, then that gets transferred to you. So you used to be one that would just walk out and you were without fear until fear got transferred. It's transferred from people, but watch me, it's also transferred from incidents. You were fearless until something happened that made you scared. And consequently, because you're fearful now, you will not get out of a boat. Instead, you'll let the boats go into a storm, crash, and, all, and say, God, why you ain't saving me? I said, get out the boat and walk. 
well, Lord, I mean, I ain't doing that. You would rather deal with the frustration of a fear of failure than step out of the boat. I just wonder if you sit next to somebody that says, in the first half, I maybe stayed in the boat, but in the second half, watch. Watch me step. Somebody say, I'm going to get out this boat. <laughs> Elbow somebody say, watch me get out this boat. Oh, it's so, 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 so. Nor miseducation. We're almost done. Nor miseducation. What does this mean? Miseducation is poor, wrong, or harmful education. What if you were taught stuff that was poor, wrong, and harmful? Um, what if, pay attention, what if you're like those in Jeremiah 16, 19? And they said, oh, Lord, my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in my day of distress and need. The nations will come to you from the ends of the earth and say, our fathers, our previous generations have inherited nothing but lies and illusion. Worthless things in which there is no benefit. What if wrong to God has become right to you? I'll ask it again. What if wrong to God has become right to you? Your mama said, don't trust no man. It's quiet in this church. Your daddy said, don't trust no woman. The, the coming down of every great man was because of a woman. Mm -mm. It's because he picked the wrong woman. Samson picked Delilah. Can't be mad at her for doing what she do. And she did it and she did it and she did it well. Don't be mad that skis are skis. That's what they do. I apologize. I thought this was the thing. You can't be mad that they're doing what they do. Don't be mad that a liar is lying. Like, how you going to be mad at them for lying? It's quiet at this time of the day. They said, we have inherited all these things that have been passed down to us and passed around, but it's worthless. There's no benefit. Look at the scripture in, in, in Jeremiah. It's an illusion. This is not true. It's become right to our bloodline, but it's wrong to God. Listen, for the sake of time, make, pray this prayer. Say, Father, show me the areas I have been miseducated in my life. Can I give you three real quick ones? Number one, miseducation number one, being worshipped versus worshipping. You can be taught either through passed down, passed around, through social media, through culture, that it's all about you. It's all about you. Let me tell you how we know we were created to worship because there's something in us that always wants to give something glory. And watch me, for some people, it's not God. They give social media people glory. Oh, my God, did you see this and this and this and this? And did you see this? Did you see, and did you see that? And did you see when she wore this dress? And did you see when she, baby, put you on a dress. I'm just. <laughs> and did you watch the real housewives and see, why don't you get you a house so you can. <laughs> and did you see this? And did you see this? And did you see this? And did you see, see watch me. We are designed to worship something. Satanists choose to worship themselves. Satanists don't actually worship Satan. They worship self. There is no altar erected to some satanic imagery in the church of Satan. You want to know what they worship? Self. Whatever I want, that's what I want. It don't matter who it hurts. It don't matter how bad it is. It don't matter whose house it tears up. So here's miseducation one, that we, watch me, that we are to be worshipped instead of worshipping. Isaiah 43, 7. Even in church, we can say worship God, and we can think, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't really want to do all of that. I just really just want to focus on him in my heart. You don't even know what that means. No, seriously, you don't even know what that, I just want to focus on the Lord. Because you squinting your eyes when they close? Like, no, let's just think about it, y'all. Like, like, that doesn't even make sense. 
But idolatry never makes sense. So look at what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. They are my very own people. I created them to bring me glory. God says, I own you and I want some glory out of you. Now for those of us that know that we did not come to be worshipped, but to worship, can we just take five seconds and give him what he asked for? Glory. Go. We worship you. We bless you. We put on the garment of praise, sir, for the spirit of heaviness. We did not come to be worshipped. We worship you. We will not worship people. We will not worship money. We will not worship our emotions. We will not worship ourselves. But we worship you. Come on, 915. Push for about three more seconds. Go. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you. Somebody say, he's worthy. Miseducation number two. Actually, I got one more scripture for you for this first one. First Samuel 12, 24. Above all, fear the Lord and worship him faithfully with all your heart. Faithfully means consistently, which means it's my practice. I don't just do this on Sundays and Wednesdays, which means when Bishop says let's do it for five seconds, I'm like, well, listen, that's five seconds on top of what I've been doing all week. When the praise team says, come on, let's praise him. I'm not, this is my first praise of the week because when I got up this morning, I said, up, oh, I got another day. I will bless the Lord at all times. And it's, but thank you, Lord, I got up another day. Some people didn't make it this far. Some people didn't get to this day, but I made it. Above all, fear the Lord, reverence him, and worship him faithfully with all your heart. God says, give me all of you. Check this out. Give me all of you. Check this out. I want all of you. Check this out. I won't take half. So he says, either you give it all, watch me, or I'll let you wait there until you go get all of you and bring it. What does this mean very practically? Sometimes we're worshiping God, but we're doing it, and we're doing it in a distracted position. Because while you got a hand up in here, you think about, now when am I going to eat after church? <laughs> praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Why does she keep waving her hand in front of my face? I'm going to need to tell her after church to wave in her seat. She, her waves are too wavy. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Why does she shout so loud? Because if you knew what she lost, if you knew what he's been through, if you knew what he had to overcome, you would outshout them. Look what the Bible says. He says, and, and this is how you focus your worship. And worship is not just a slow song. Worship is not just in church. Worship is everywhere you go. Consider the great things he's done for you. I was walking yesterday, and I saw um, there was a homeless person, and he cussed me out. He didn't think I heard him, but I got the Holy Ghost. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Holy Ghost don't ever let nobody get over on me. The Holy Ghost don't ever let nobody do me dirty. He'll tell me everything they said and did. And watch me. And when you mature, you'll still say shalom. So watch. So I heard him. I was walking. I was doing my exercise. Uh, I was walking, and, uh, and, and he just, I don't know what he said up front, but then he said, he said something, you know, like, something, go do something. I said, he said, just say it. No, I can't. Say it. He, he said, this ain't the 1115. We got to do it at 1115. <laughs> I said it at 1115. Y'all push me. Because that 1115 going to push me. What'd he say, Bishop? 915, we got to get y'all out of here. <laughs> 1115, no, like we already know. He ain't got nowhere to go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, 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 so he said something. So he said something. And I turned around. And can, I be, can I be really honest? Part of me wanted to go back. I said, now let me tell you something. I said, this why. But the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I, listen, I am not about that passive life. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Anybody else? You're like, okay, I'm not. So I, and then in my moment of frustration, because truth is, what am I going to do? I'm going to call them down there for them to fight him. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I, I got to preach in the morning. I can't. 
<laughs> Local Denver bishop. Is it? Uh-uh, uh-uh, no, I got to be at church. I'll send one of my guys. <laughs> I learned from Jesus. He let Peter do his dirty work. Y'all ain't going to send him to me. Because notice, Jesus could have stopped Peter from getting the knife, but he watched Peter grab it and be like, cut that mark. I'll heal him, but cut him. Running up on me like that, cut him. I got me some Peters in the building. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I got me some Peters in my digital family. They will cut a mark. And I'm like, all right, all right, y'all, y'all calm down. Let me heal them. Lord, touch. Lord, touch. But I bet that mark ain't going to do it again. So, I'm just telling you. So what am I, I going to do? Stand up. So here's what happened. The Lord said, son, consider the great things I've done for you. He said, because, he said, because son, that could be. I just need to know. I know everything hasn't gone perfect for you, but is there anybody where you can consider the great things he has done for you? You should have committed suicide, but God. Should have lost it all, but God. Should have gave up, but God. Should have drove that car into the reservoir, but God. Somebody say, he's been good to me. Miseducation number two. Being served versus serving. Joshua 24, 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. For some of you, today, you need to get involved in church to start serving. Bishop, how do I do it? You, you take Harvest You? How do I take it? It's all online. Everything's online. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. This means, God, I'm doing this because I, I want to. And I want to because you want me to. And I want you just like... In other words, God, you want me, and I want you. And so, and so because this is a mutual want relationship. See, because you didn't have to pick me. But since you wanted me, I want what makes you happy. I don't know about you, but I'm going to make him glad that he picked me. I'm going to make him glad that he chose me. I'm going to make him appreciative of the fact that he chose me. Because I'm going to do it with sincerity and in faithfulness. Look at this last part. Put away the gods. What's a god? Source. Put away the sources that your family has served. Beyond the river and in Egypt. He said, when they weren't doing good, they had an idol. When they started doing good, they had a new idol. There was something that they served and it wasn't God. And God says, I need you to serve me. Matthew 23, 11. The greatest amongst you must be a what? Servant. The road to greatness, hear me, is in your serve. You see right there? We have a lot of people who want to be great, but won't pick up a towel. We have a lot of people that want somebody to pick their towel up. But you won't pick up a towel. Can I just get you to speak to somebody? I say, I am a servant. Say, that's my mentality. Everywhere I go. Last one, and this one we're going to shout, so get ready. Miseducation number three. Depending on your bloodline, you were maybe taught to quit when you're in a quandary. What's a conjure? It's perplexing, it's difficult, it's frustrating. And depending on how you've been educated, you maybe saw people start a lot. I'm coming for you now. But never finish anything. You saw people get excited about it and then drop construction during the middle of it because they got in a quandary. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. You saw people get fired up at the beginning of the year and not see things through. But you, let me tell you who you are. You're one that sees it through. You're a finisher. You're going to finish what you started, and you're going to see what you start all the way through. In the next six months, I speak that you finish what you... 
You're going to finish getting your credit together. You're going to finish the degree. You're going to finish the program. Who am I talking to? Open up your mouth and say, I'm a finisher. I you're going to finish what you start. You're going to finish what, you're going to have some periods the next six months. Why? I finished what I started. And when I look at it, it's good. So look at the Apostle Paul, Philippians 3.13, last two verses, we go. Brothers. Bro. Bruh. I do not consider, now look, I can stop right here. That I made it on my own. Wow. I do not consider that I made it my own. But one thing, can I just get you to put up a one in the building? Can I get you to type a one on the screen? But this one thing I do, everybody watch me. If you don't know how to do nothing else, if you've ever danced, anybody can dance real good in the building? You can dance real good? Anybody, you can't dance, but you got one move. Like, look, you may not be like, I, I, I can't do all that, but I got. And don't start really feeling it. You're like. Then you start putting your little neck in there. Look, look, look. Somebody say, I got one move. Say, say it like you mean to say, I got one move. Come on, dancer. Say, I got one move. See, watch me. You may compare yourself to other people and say, I'm not as, I don't know as much Bible as them. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know as much as them. I don't have as much as them. I do, but, 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 but you don't need all that. You need one move. <laughs> Come on, nine fifteen. I gotta go. Say, I need one move. And here's that move. He says, this one thing I do, I forget what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies ahead. What a strain mean? I had to find the energy. I had to find the strength. I had to find the stamina. But baby, I'm reaching. Say, I'm reaching to what lies ahead. And look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, I press on. Somebody say, what you doing, Bishop? I'm pressing on. Elbow somebody around you. Say, press on. Tag somebody on Facebook and YouTube. Say, press on toward the goal for the prize. Stop. Wait. I'm not just pressing to press. I'm pressing because on the other side of the pressing, there's a prize. I took my niece out the other day to Dave and Buster's and uncle beat her good. I beat her 10 to 1. I said, Uncle, don't lose, do it. She said, no, sir. But she said something that blew my mind. Say, what's she say, Bishop? The Bible says, out of the bounds of babes shall wisdom come. She says, well, it don't matter if I lost the games as long as I get the prize. Y'all better shout in this building to me. Y'all better shout online. It don't matter that I lost something as long as I get the prize. It doesn't matter who walks out as long as I get the prize. I need somebody to say I'm getting the prize I'm getting the prize now if you're getting the prize give him a praise glory to God say I'm getting the prize say there's a reward for this here's about ice goes we gotta go I'm literally out of time I don't quit because I'm in a quandary I got one move left. Woo! Woo! Some of you are like, what do I do next? You got one move. Oh, my God. Somebody, who in here and who online, you have been perplexed about what's my next move? What do I do next? You got one move. One move. That's all you need is one move. Press. Somebody said there is a prize. If you're in this building, heads bowed, eyes closed, in this building online, you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure wherever you're at, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. If that's you today, give your life to the Lord. One, in the building, I'm going to have you to raise your hand. Online, I'm going to ask you to do the hand wave emoji that says, meaning to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or just be sure. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, God's coming to get you. 
two. This is your moment. Don't miss it. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where you are. I see you. I see you. God bless you. We celebrate those in the building, those online. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. This is my first time praying this. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I got one move left. Woo, that's good to me. God, that's good to me. Say, in 2021, I got one move to make. Press. Say, I have one move left for the second half of this year. Press, because there's a prize in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, would you take your phone out? Text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746. And we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday experiences are what people love the most about travel that's why they love viator they have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone plus their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app one app over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.